Hello, Papua New Guinea. Yes, it's Gary Jufa, and I haven't had a moment to make a podcast in the recent weeks, months. In fact, I've gone off the radar, and it's not that there's nothing to talk about. There's so much to talk about. I've just, I've just not been able to find myself the energy, the motivation to get up and speak about something. I've been busy doing other stuff. I've been busy writing. I've been busy attending to the needs of my province and my people and whatnot. And it's just, it just kept me busy. And, you know, to speak about something, you need to be in a particular frame of mind. And I just, I've just not been able to get myself into that frame of mind to speak about this or about anything. You know, until now, that is. Maseratis and Bentleys, that's what I want to talk about right now. This is the whole reason for this particular podcast, anyhow. 40 Maseratis at a cost of 40 million kina, three Bentleys at a cost of about 3 million kina, 1.5 million kina in freight, and after processing and everything that needs to be done to bring it up to speed, whereby the vehicles are actually on the road and ready to be used, etc., etc., it'll cost, I'm suggesting, about 50 million all up. Okay, give or take a few million. Now that's what's really pissing me off. This is this is what pisses me off about this whole APEC situation. I spoke about APEC more so than anyone else since 2012, when it was first announced that Papua New Guinea, you know, the world media said that the world's poorest APEC country is hosting APEC. That's how we were portrayed out there. When it was first announced, I was the first person to complain about it. And I complained bitterly for almost two years. And I said, look, we can ill afford to, you know, ill afford to host this meeting. And I complained. I knew that no one was going to listen to me. I knew that the government, which is the majority government and operating under a pseudo-democracy, would not care about what I was saying. You know, they hardly care about what the people are saying. They don't care about what the people are saying. Why would they even care about what the opposition are saying? So no one said anything about it. No one battered them highly. Even members of the public didn't care about it. You know, people went about their lives playing bomb and attending to their lives and pogies and beer and rugby league and all these things that distract people, you know. They went about that. They didn't care about APEC. So I said nothing after that. I focused on other issues. I talked about other matters that concern the country and myself, you know. All, of course, which were continuing to fall on deaf ears. Deaf ears, especially being the government, they don't care about what I say. They hardly care about anything the opposition says, you know. But I keep saying it anyhow, because we can't give up hope. We've got to keep saying things that need to be said. We've got to keep doing what's right. We've got to keep fighting for what's right. And that's, that's the whole purpose of life, really, is to keep doing what needs to be done. Anyway, recently the government decided to bring in 40 Maseratis and three Bentleys at huge cost to the people of Papua New Guinea. They're saying that it's going to be borne by the private sector, but look, if it's going to be borne by the private sector, what's the deal? These vehicles depreciate the moment they're out of the workshop or they're out of the showroom, you know? So who's going to bear the difference? The private sector? And if it's a private sector cost, then I'm assuming that it's going to result in tax write-offs for the people who are going to be purchasing these vehicles. If it's going to be tax write-offs for these individuals or companies, well, that ultimately means that the people are going to have to forego tax revenue. And therefore, ultimately, they're paying a price of some sort. You know? So, what really upsets me about this whole arrangement or this whole decision to bring in these luxurious vehicles is the fact that the government has circumvented the laws in regards, its own laws that it is supposed to uphold, the laws in regards to the procurement of goods and services, the Finance Management Act and financial instructions. These laws have been totally, completely abandoned, ignored, circumvented, etc., etc., by this government. They've used two middlemen, a Sri Lankan ex-cricket player and his workshop, and 
a pharmaceutical company owned by two Malaysian salesmen who made it big in Papua New Guinea because they were awarded a contract at a huge cost to Papua New Guinea, 20 million kin extra. Contract that used to be carried by the Australian government, a cost which was carried by the Australian government to distribute, you know, aid post kits and medicinal kits throughout the country. Well, these two guys are now in charge of importing vehicles, apparently. Now, whose arrangement was this? How did this happen? Why not use Papua New Guinean companies? And why these particular companies? What were the arrangements? What's the markup? What's their fee for this? This is what upsets me, that APEC, once more, like many other events, is being used as a platform to make a lot of money for certain individuals. Well, that's a huge insult to the people of Papua New Guinea. I mean, don't you feel insulted? I do. I feel disgusted, especially at a time when we have issues with our health, education, when we have issues with our law and order, when we have issues with teachers' wages and salaries and benefits of public servants, and the list is long and endless in regards to the issues that confront this nation that we ought to be attending to with a certain degree of urgency. Not hosting a three-day meeting for rich people and their puppets, that's not going to benefit Papua New Guinea in any way or shape or form. You know, I mean, you can argue till the cows come home. I am not convinced that APEC is going to benefit Papua New Guinea. Show me one country, one developing nation that has benefited from hosting APEC. There is none, zero. There are no measurables. You can't gauge and measure the improvement because of APEC and say, look, here is a tangible outcome because of APEC. You can't do this. And if there's no such thing, then it's all whimsy. It's all whimsical projection, conjecture, that there will be benefits to this country. There will be no benefits to this country, but the cost will be significant. The cost will be significant. And as usual, the cost will be borne by the most vulnerable, the 85%, especially who live in rural areas of Papua New Guinea, women and children, pregnant mothers, the elderly, etc., etc. They will bear the cost. In fact, they're already bearing the cost. How many of these people are suffering and dying because they can't access decent health care under the government's failed free health care policy, which turns away people by the multitudes at government-run aid posts, hospitals, etc., with prescriptions for very expensive drugs that they can ill afford because the government can't afford them. But the government can afford to host a three-day meeting for the puppets of the exceptionally wealthy. Are you serious? Where they're going to turn up and just talk about how rich they can get or make their masters rich at the expense of our people. You and I. I don't understand this. This protest that we're making or that we're promoting, this boycott, is not going to stop APEC. But it's a way of saying to the government, we're not happy. It's a way of showing that we're displeased, that we're not, we're not going to sit back and just watch these scams, these rorts take place and just do nothing about it. There are certain people out there in social media and mainstream media who are coming out, educated people, you know, but basically poor people, you know, and they're coming out defending the rich people, defending this whole thing and saying, we should all showcase Papua New Guinea. What are we showcasing? How rich this country is and how poor the people are because of poor leadership? Is that what we're showcasing? That we are a vulnerable, easily misled, gullible country? where any transnational criminal can come in with all types of ridiculous scams and schemes and get away with it and be paid? I mean, the two generators come to mind. The two generators that were purchased for an inflated price of almost 100 million kina, where we were told in parliament that this would solve all of the country's blackout problems. 
In fact, those two generators are now being resold because the CEO of PNG Power has just announced that they're unsuitable for PNG Power's needs. That's an example of a scam. There are many, many other examples. Seabed mining, you know, there's so many other examples. The FCAs, the SABLs, illegal logging, illegal fishing, and many, many other schemes and scams that we have allowed to be perpetrated in our economy, in our country, at great cost to the people of Papua New Guinea. Are we supposed to accept all this? That's why we're putting our hand up in protest and saying, this is not right, you know? How can we sit back and continue to allow our children's future to be squandered by a corrupt few for personal gain? I don't think it makes sense and I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's right. And there are only two sides. You either choose to be silent and therefore you're with those who are perpetrating evil or you choose to stand up against it. There's no middle ground. There's a group of people in Papua New Guinea who are running around saying, oh, all of us are sinners, all of us make mistakes, and we should accept this. Really? I don't think so. I've met so many Papua New Guineans who are upright, who are decent, law-abiding citizens, Christians, who don't act this way, who don't condone what's wrong and corrupt, who don't accept and give out bribes, who don't live their life this way. I certainly don't try to live my life that way. I certainly try to encourage my children and anyone that I can influence to do what is right and just and not break the law. And there are many other Papua New Guineans who do that. To think this way is a, is, is a terrible, apathetic way to think. To justify what's corrupt and wrong because all of us do it so we must accept that. That's the easy way out. That's a very cowardly, spineless way to, to look at life. That's accepting what's wrong. Is this what you teach your children? Of course not. This country is so beautiful, it's worth saving. Can't think that way, come on. That's why we're putting our hand up and saying, this is not right, this is wrong. And we're going to keep doing this. We're going to say, this is not right. This government cannot continue to slap the people of Papua New Guinea in the face, continue to wipe its ass on their face, continue to shit all over them and say, we will do whatever we want, whether you like it or not, because we are a majority government. Accept it, take it. We can't accept it. We can't take that. We've got to stand up and say, this is not right. And each and every time the government does something that's not right, we ought to stand up and say, this is not right. That's what life is about. Life is about standing up for what is right and just and fighting for a better future. That's what I'm doing. And I'd like you to think about this and do the same thing. If not for yourself, then at least for your children, for their future. Be the example that they need to see. Thank you, Papua New Guinea.